Welcome to the O-Shift for Teens podcast, a show where I team up with a thought leader and we discuss a new topic question that will help you better understand your teen. I'm your host, Mark Tucker, co-author of O-Shift for Teens, as well as the O-Shift for Teens curriculum and the O-Shift for Teens workshop kit, which is being used by facilitators everywhere. Head to O-Shift.com and join the growing movement of shift heads all across the world. You know, when I think back on all the work that Jennifer Powers and I have done, starting with her book, O-Shift, uh, there's lots of potential helpful information for you in your own personal life and for the lives of the people that you serve. One thing I think it's really important to point out is that some of what we put out, some of our ideas and opinions, you may not agree with, and that's okay. We don't have any attachment to you using what we put out there. And that goes double for this podcast. I will be discussing things with thought leaders each week. You are going to hear things that you don't agree with. I'm going to hear things that I don't agree with. The point is, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because you hear something that might go counter to what you believe or what you've experienced with your own teen or with the teens that you work with doesn't mean that there's not tons that you can still gather from the shows that are yet to come. I really encourage you to keep an open mind as you listen to different perspectives. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. A few years ago, I needed a new washing machine. So my first stop was at the Amana washing machine dealer. After talking to the salesman, I walked out of there thinking that Amana was like the best washing machine in the world. Then I went to the next place, and that guy told me all about Whirlpool and why Whirlpool was so great. It wasn't until my third stop that I started to really get a clear idea of what a good washing machine was like, and I felt informed enough that I can make the best decision possible. I think the same thing works here. You're going to hear all kinds of parenting advice, advice on working with teens, but you know your teens best, and you know that every teen is unique, and the advice that any one of the people you hear gives may or may not work for your kids. The point is, keep your ears open, keep your mind open, and you're going to hear a lot of information and out-of-the-box thinking that is going to help you. Keep that in mind as you continue listening, and I hope that you stay with me on this journey for now and into the future. Now, today I have a very special guest that I talked to uh, a little earlier. Her name is Krista Rizzo. She talks with me about a, a topic that I really love, and that is communication with our teens. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation a whole lot. So here we go. My guest today is Krista Rizzo. Krista Rizzo is a certified professional coach focused on parenting and relationships. She helps parents navigate the exciting path of raising children by addressing fear, embracing milestones, and encouraging a creative and positive family dynamic. She's an active contributor to the Today Show Parenting website and was recently featured in the New York Post. Krista Rizzo, how the heck are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Mark? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. I appreciate you being on the show. Now, uh, a couple of weeks ago when you uh, you had emailed and expressed interest on in being a guest. Now, Jen, you know Jen. 
I do know Jen. I love Jen. Yeah, my wife, Jen Powers. Jen said that you have to interview Krista Rizzo because she is like a fireball of energy. <laughs> that's why I love your wife so much because we're like <laughs> twins. She, well, she, that, that's true. Jen is that. But uh, she said that, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to get you on the show. See how I just kind of threw that out? Now you have to be a fireball of energy. I can do it. I got it. That's in contrast to me. I'm having one of these weeks that everybody I run in, all the friends I run into say, man, you look really tired. Oh, that's the worst. Even my son said it. He followed, he followed that by, I think it's the bags under your eyes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, buddy. Hey. Right. No way you might say, I don't know what I would say to that. I'd be like, okay. I, <laughs> now I have to go buy some really expensive eye cream. <laughs> I was going to give him a spanking, but he's six foot one, so I can't do that. <laughs> he can take you. Now he can take you. You're in trouble. He can totally take me. That's the awful thing. Okay, I guess mm. I'm not going to go that route. So now when I sent I sent over a, a list of uh, potential questions that we could talk about, these are topic questions, and you chose, and I love this, how can we strengthen communication with our kids? It, this is a topic I really I really love. Um, what is it about this topic that uh, you, that re- really resonated for you? It's funny because I I started coaching not that long ago, about a year and a half ago, and all the programs that I have created so far start with communication, and it it it's just such an important piece of raising our children and and even maintaining our regular daily relationships with our our partners and the people that we're co-parenting with and our friendships. So it's, you know, it's something that I'm passionate about, um, having open lines of communication, being, you know, forthright and honest up front. So I, I immediately, when I went through the list, there were so many great questions on the list, and this one just kept popping out at me, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go with what I know, and this is it. You know, it, it's interesting, because communication is one of those things that we don't talk about enough, but I've been in, in various organizations, and every once in a while, they, they would have a kind of a, a full-day staff. Uh, training and and we'd get those those flip charts and try to figure out why we were all behaving so badly and every time every time at the end of the day it's like okay we figured out our problem it's our poor communication I guess it's it's unique to us as humans is that our survival really depends on us effectively communicating yes yet we have so much trouble doing it yeah I agree with you and I think that you know like you said we don't we don't talk about it. We don't communicate about it enough to focus on it. And I think, you know, especially as part of what I do, it's, I want to bring it front and center. So we start, we start doing it and making it a priority and making it one of our biggest priorities in all of our relationships. Okay. So let, let me ask you this, Krista. Sure. It, do you think that we do it? Uh, do we, do you think we communicate effectively with our kids? If, and if not, I mean, like, what's that about? Why, why do we have trouble Communicate. I mean, these are these are just kids. I mean, come on, we can communicate with them. So, so how are we doing with that? Well, I think a lot of it boils down to the way that we were raised as adults, right? So, you know, I I remember growing up, and while you know, my parents were, I think they were pretty good at the communication thing. I'm sure there were pieces of it that they may have missed on, and so I think it's it's really what you like. You go with what you know, kind of thing. Um, I also think that we're much smarter now as, you know, just by nature of technology being around and availability of 
you know, being able to tap into someone else's expertise on the fly, basically in our hands and at any second that we want, that we can learn and we can educate ourselves much quicker than we would have meant like generations ago. How does so, that relate? How does that relate to communication for us? Well, I think that if we have it, we have the tools available to us to be able to teach it to our children and teach it to ourselves to be better communicators. I see. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that you know when you, I know for me, you know when I had my kids, Will, like my husband and I sat down and we were like, okay, here's the thing, like we're going to raise these kids like they're human beings, not like they're children from day one. And so I think that probably gave us a little bit of a leg up. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm, I don't really shelter my children from a lot. I'm, we're very, we trust them. We are very open, open and honest with them with our, with however we speak with them. We set expectations for them. At a, from a very young age, just by, you know, letting them know how their day is going to go every day and communicating how things are going to happen with them in their day. And I think that gives them a lot of confidence to be able to talk to us about whatever they want to talk to us about. And I think that it gives them a lot of confidence just to be able to communicate with their peers and their friends and other adults in their lives and not be ashamed of a specific topic or you know, how they're going to deal with a specific situation. Okay. So, so, and, and I'm with you and I, and I, of course I parent the same way, but sometimes, I mean, do you think we're taking it too far? I mean, nowadays it's like, and I, and I know this isn't the case for everybody, but are we like, everything's got to be a communication, got to make sure that Jimmy understands all the reasoning behind this decision. Um, do they, do, do we have to do that? Is there a point to doing all that or has, have we taken it too far? That's a good question, my friend. Um, <laughs> I, every that, once in a while, I do a good one. No, um, I think that I'm going to have to say I think it would depend on the situation. Okay. I think that it depends on, you know, the topic, the the sensitivity of and nature of, of the situation that you're in. Like, you know, certainly a four-year-old doesn't know, need to know specifics about, you know, why something happens. They might need to know, you know, a topical reason for something. Yeah, I, I think it depends on the situation. You know, obviously, when I asked that question, it was a bit of a, a devil's advocate because I do believe strongly in communication, but it does also, I mean, it it takes more time. I mean, it, it sort of raised the, the bar about the way that you're going to deal with your kids, and, and it shows, obviously, a level of respect you mentioned before. It's like, once I've done that, I've sort of, open Pandora's box and, and now it I just showed that I'm going to do that every time as opposed to like what you said and, and the, our parents they were just like don't uh, we're not like, having a discussion here it's just it right. is what it is um, so the, I think the pendulum has really swung I don't know if I even have the answer to my own question but I can tell you that I've chosen that path of yeah. communicating with with my kids but it does take more time yeah yeah it takes more time on both ends, I think, you know, it's, it's, there's research that has to go into some of it. If you're talking about something that, you know, you have to teach them and they have to also be willing participants. And I know that you have teenage boys and I have, I have two boys myself and my, my oldest is, you know, about to be 11. So he's in middle school and he's a lot more focused on other things than listening to his mother and father preach to him <laughs> all the time. Right. So, you know, I, you, you kind of have to, with us especially in my house, it's like you kind of have to entice them to want to talk to you about stuff. And 
there's times when they're going to be like, I'm not really interested in this conversation, and it doesn't, I don't really see how it, you know, affects me in any way. So I'm not that, I'm not that invested. And so it's like, okay, well, then this might be a conversation that we can either table or not make so, like, no, not make such a big deal out of. I want to ask you about that because, and you're starting to see it. I've been seeing it now for a couple of years now. Dinner table is a great time to have those conversations. And I know that not everybody listening has the, uh, has that situation where they can do this, but you know, that's when we get a chance to, to ask those questions to kids. And we sort of held the kids' feet to the fire. We get a lot of like, I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's more with boys. Obviously, boys are a little less communicative. Yeah. And getting nothing isn't satisfactory to us. And so it's yeah. been like, okay, well, I need you to think about it for a sec and tell me, you know, come up with something. I mean, no, nobody knows how your day was like you. You've got to have the answer because I don't, you know, right. come up with something. Do you think right. it's it's fair to demand a certain level of communication, uh, some sort of response from, from our kids, the kids we work with? I do. I think that I am a huge fan of dinner table conversation. Like, I try to sit down with my kids every night for dinner. Um, if not, we don't eat in front of the TV. There's no really, there's not really a distraction that happens other than me getting up and, like, getting them more of whatever they need or whatever. But I do think, I think that it's important to talk about your day, and I think it's important to have them answer questions that you might have. And, you know, a, a good catalyst for us is I always ask the open-ended questions, like when they come home from school or pick up or whatever, I'm like, who got in trouble in school today? You know, something that will make them want to talk. And my little one, he's four, so he'll talk to you about, you know, the color <laughs> on the wall all day long. <laughs> Big one is, it's, you know, it's a little bit more like pulling teeth and, you know, getting the information is a little bit more difficult out of him. So I've kind of had to try to find creative ways to do it. And I feel like he and I communicate the best when, you know, we start with something that he's interested in and we kind of segue it into a deeper conversation. So yesterday we were walking uh, outside and he had, he's Pokemon hunting like the rest of the world is, you know, we started the conversation around that and I was like, Oh, and so by the way, I saw so-and-so the other day and they were doing this and when Pokemon hunting and it just kind of like kind of trailed right into a regular organic conversation. I don't even think he realized that he was, giving up some info. <laughs> he was like, wait a minute, I think she just missed me. <laughs> he was bamboozled by you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you got to figure it out. Like, you know, <laughs> it, it gets way, it gets a little dicier as they get older. And I don't want them to feel like I'm, like, grilling them for information. But right. I do feel like, you know what, you've been gone all day. You, you're in a new school. He just started middle school. And it's like, I want to know what happens. Right. It's a fair thing, I think. Just like Absolutely. When I go out to dinner with my girlfriends, I come home and they're like, well, what, what did you talk about? And it's like, okay, well, I'll tell you if you tell me. <laughs> right. No, it's true. One of the things that you, you said, you said a couple of things there, but one of the things that uh, I think that a lot of people miss is that, that idea of open-ended questions. And if you're a listener right now, don't you find that sometimes like you're trying, but if you analyze the questions you're asking, a lot of them are close-ended questions, and the kid, really, it's easy for them to go, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, no. And, and yep. Now, Chris, I know that you're a, you're a coach, uh, so you, you know all about asking the right questions. Yeah. Trying to keep them engaged is important, and I think open-ended questions are key in any kind of, you know, communication relationship, even if it's not with your kids and it's with your spouse or your partner, whoever you're co-parenting with. 
you know, I, you just get more information that way. It's much easier. It's much nicer to have a conversation when they're open ended and you can ha- you can have a flow instead of yeah, no, and you're like firing the questions and you're not getting the answers that you want. It's frustrating as as the initiator and as yeah. a parent. It's like, oh my god, this kid's not talking to me. And am I doing something wrong? And then you immediately, you know, you get into your head and it's like, am I doing this wrong? Am I being the wrong parent? Am I doing it this way? Who? How can I find it a different way to do it? And then we kind of like beat ourselves down for it. And I don't think that that's something we necessarily need to be doing at all. Right. And and I think in some cases we just kind of give up. It's like, oh, oh, he's a teen or whatever. He he just, he doesn't talk. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to push him. Yeah. And I think that especially during like the tween teen years, that's when you really have to be talking to your kids. So I'm seeing it. I see it every day. And especially I'm going to use myself as an example. My kid is like he is growing in leaps and bounds, like maturity wise and like and brain wise, every day. And I look at him and I'm like, oh, I got to keep up with this. And so yeah. I have to make sure that I'm engaging. And my husband is the same way. We're like, let's talk about this. Let's. What do you think? Like, even if it's something on the news, like, what do you think about this on the news today? Or what do you think about this? Like, just to get opinions and keep him engaged and like make him know that we actually want to hear what he has to say. Right. And that's, that's one of the differences you were referring to before. I mean, our parents didn't really seem to even care about at least mine. Like I was never asked what I thought about anything. It wasn't like, Oh, let's ask Mark, you know? Um, right. I, th- <laughs> I, I think the other helpful thing for people listening right now that I, I really don't think that a lot of people necessarily know is that, Teens, they have different cycles than us, and I you could really see this when I was teaching high school. If I had a first period class, these kids were – they looked completely brain dead. They were just the yeah. sweetest, quietest group in the world, just angels, right? Well, yeah. th- at, come around third period, fourth period, around lunchtime, it was a whole different matter. This is when, you know, you just had kids kind of buzzy. Knowing, yeah. knowing sort of those patterns of kids, research shows that – Actually, a lot of times teens, they're, they're on a different cycle. They really should be sleeping till like 10 o'clock. But sometimes like at midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, they are more open than any other time. Well, that's pretty tough for us that like to, to get to bed right, by 10. Get to bed at 9 o'clock, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And I actually, I, it's funny you say this because I just read a recent article about sleep patterns in teenagers um, because I'm noticing that my 10-year-old is, you know, he's sleeping later. And he's not even necessarily going to bed later because he's just, like, he, I think he's emotionally, like, he's just brain dead by the end of the day. Right, um, right. But, you know, I, I do feel like that. And it's like, you know what, he's, he doesn't want to chat at, at 9 o'clock in the morning. Like, he wants to be sleeping. And the best time to get him is these times during the day or if he's, like, winding down at the end of the night. Like, my kids like to talk before we go to bed. So yeah. I make sure that we, like, turn off all – everything gets turned off at 8 o'clock over here. And we have an hour. Their bedtime is at 9. So we have an hour to, like, decompress. We'll all read a book or we'll talk about something or my husband will come home and he'll talk about his day. And he works in, in news, in the news. So he – like, there's a lot of national stuff that happens all the time. So my kids are very interested in what Daddy did today, which is great because there's a lot of stuff that probably a lot of people don't talk about in their house talking being happened in our house. But – you know, I do find that he likes to be chatty at like 8.30 at night and he'll be like, oh, I forgot to tell you about this. Okay, great. I love it. And like, if I could keep him up for two more hours to get more information out of him, I would. But. <laughs> yeah, sometimes at night it's like, where's the off button? It's like, we got to go to bed now. Yeah. It's like, no, I want to talk. And so it's, yeah, yeah they, 
And so obviously the school structure isn't necessarily uh, helping in that regard because, I mean, you're not going to ask teachers to start teaching from 10 to 6 or something. So that's not going to work out. Another thing that comes up for me, and and tell me uh, if if this uh, resonates for you as well, a lot of the the things that we – that are important to us as adults, we expect it to be important to our teens, but they don't necessarily have the same agenda that we do. They don't – they've not necessarily lived the years that we have that says, well, certain things should be important to you, you know, certain responsibilities – so when I say, when I bring up something that has to do with the responsibilities and I'm not getting sort of the reaction that I was expecting, I, I'm like disappointed. Well, that might not be even on their sort of trajectory of what they, what's really important. Do, do you think right. that understanding the, that sort of aspect would help people? Sure. I, I oftentimes say this, like even this morning, my kids don't realize all the stuff that magically happens behind the scenes to make the house run and all the things that happen, you know, just organically as an adult. And, you know, this morning I was getting everyone ready for school and I walked my little one to school and I came back and I got went to get in the shower and I had just cleaned the bathroom mirror yesterday from the toothpaste that was on it. And he decided <laughs> to take his toothbrush and color in the mirror with toothpaste this morning. Ooh, and I didn't know until we left. So I was like, this kid always makes me want to work. He doesn't understand. Like, even though I say, oh, I don't have to clean the bathroom mirror again because you made a mess and whatever, he does, it doesn't really, it hasn't clicked in his brain that, oh, this is going to require mommy to have to, you know, go get the Windex out and, and clean it and take care of it instead of me being responsible or, you know, aware that I shouldn't be doing this. That's a four-year-old, you know, example. But yeah, our kids, like, there's plenty of stuff that my kids are not interested in that I'm, you know, would love to talk to them about. And they're like, oh, no, not, I don't want to even go there. I don't want, like, this isn't something that I'm, I'm interested in. And my husband and I talk about it a lot. And we're, you know, it's like, well, do we even need to bring this up to them? And he's always like, no, because you know what's going to happen? We're going to get, you know, an attitude from the big one. The little one's going to start talking over us because he doesn't care about it. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know what, you're right. And so I, I do, I defer to my husband a lot with, okay, you know, we've made the decision to maybe do this as a family or, or do this for the boys. Do we need to involve them in this decision or should we tell them about it? And he's always like, no, we should just go along and just do it. And they'll, you know, like they'll follow and they'll be fine. And so, okay. you know, yeah, I think that we probably, we do need to be cognizant of the fact that they're not on the same agenda as we are. And maybe, you know, like if it's something, you know, that's important to us, we can let them know that it's important to us, but I don't think we should expect them to have a deep connection with it. Right. And and that's kind of what you were talking about before, about making those choices about what to communicate. Let, yeah. let me ask let me ask you this, because a lot of the listeners that, that I have work with teens. It's not necessarily that yep. they even have teens at home. And yeah. communication isn't necessarily on their radar. Hopefully it is, but it, it may not be. Uh, what is what does communication look like for me if I'm working with a group of kids uh, and uh, I, I might have my own agenda? How, what, is that, what does it look like to bring in more communication with these kids that I'm working with? I, you know, I think that even the people that I work with that have teens, uh, you know, I always say to them, you have to respect them from the get-go. Like, you have to respect their position on things, and you have to respect their ideas, and you have to respect their opinions. And just the way they, you know, like, you expect them to respect you just because you're older than they are. 
Um, so I think respect is really important. And I think, you know, with teenagers, I'm finding, like, my friends who have teenagers, I do a lot of observing my friends who have teenagers. And it's like, I feel like they just want their space. And they want to be, again, respected for, you know, just give me my space and I'll, I will come around and have the conversation with you when I'm ready. Um, and I think just trusting of them. I want to trust my kids implicitly from day one. I want to believe everything that they have to say that comes out of their mouth because I am raising them to be trustworthy and honest and, and caring and open individuals. But I think that when you don't have kids or teenagers and you're working with them, I think a lot of times it's like the trust has to be built, which I completely understand and I get. But I feel like give them the trust that they deserve from day one, and I think that communication automatically flows much easier when they know that they're being trusted and respected and they're allowed to have their space to think about what they want to say. And it, I think it just engages in a more honest and open conversation from both sides. I, I, I really love that. And I think that it's it, it really is a different approach. I think some of us, it's kind of like you're guilty until proven innocent. I don't trust you until you prove that I can. I think um, I think a better approach is, is setting the bar high, saying I believe that you can attain this, and uh, if you miss it a few times, uh, let's figure out how you can how you can hit it. You know, so yeah, I, I, I really agree with that. I love it so much, Christopher Rizzo. So wonderful to talk to you. Tell us tell us how uh, we can find out more about what you have going on. Oh well, you can find me. I have a website. It's whyamiyelling.com. That is, I'm also a blogger and a speaker, so I um, I write under that title. Um, I have a Facebook group. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram and all the uh, social media platforms at why am I yelling underscore. And you know, you can you can find me everywhere on the internet. I'm not hard to find. <laughs> Good. And you do, do you do do you coach parents or do you coach teens directly? I coach parents. I coach parents of kids of any age. Um, and. Um, I actually did have a client recently that brought their teenage daughter into the conversation. So I have dabbled in um, coaching the kids as well. Perfect. Krista Rizzo, so appreciative to have you on the call. Like Jen said, you are a fireball of energy. Um, oh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I can get there with you. <laughs> well, come to New York. You guys have to come out and um, hang out with us. Well, you know, and I and I was saying to guests, we've had a, a few New York guests already. My goodness, uh, we, we really are going to have to get out there. Come on. We'd love to have you. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show, and I look forward to hearing uh, all the, the great accomplishments that uh, you achieve in, in the near future. Thank you. All right. Bye, Krista. That, of course, was Brooklyn-based uh, life coach Krista Rizzo, who um, certainly has a lot of energy and a lot to say about one of my favorite topics, which is communicating effectively with our teens. And it's something that, quite honestly, has been uh, a big thing that I've been working on, not only with my kids, but just in general. It's such a great thing to work on, to improve. We're such social creatures. Being able to communicate effectively, wow, that's just, uh, it's really been a great boost in my personal life. I'm sure that you got plenty out of that conversation. Uh, feel free to comment on the comment section underneath the uh, podcast post. I love to hear what you think. Uh, you can even email me as well at info at oshift.com. If you thought of becoming a facilitator of the O-Shift workshop kit or the O-Shift for Teens workshop kit, um, 
go check it out at uh, O-Shift and uh, pull down the uh, Become a Facilitator tab, and you can find out all the details, and be sure to email me if you're left with any questions. want to make sure that you uh, have all the tools you need to effectively um, teach the kids and the adults that you are in contact with. Thanks so much for joining me this week, and um, be sure to be back next week where we'll have a brand new topic question and a brand new guest. Look forward to seeing you then. All right. Bye-bye.